Hello and welcome to Top Deck Insight, our podcast on everything Magic the Gathering. I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-hosts Josh and Sam. Now before we jump into the episode, I'd just like to say if you like what we do and would like to support us, you can follow us on Twitter at Top Deck Insight. Now let's jump into the episode. I've been playing a lot more standard mm-hmm. uh, this week, and uh, I have I have actually I've been enjoying it. That said, I do think that um, is it, and of course Tibbot's Trickery, those two decks, which we've seen rise to the top very recently with standard. I'm gonna go out and say it. I think they're both meme decks. Tibble. We, we know that Tibble's yeah. Trickery is a meme deck. Yeah. I think that the Is It Goldspan list is as well. I really don't think that it I... will stick around. I don't think it will stick around, but I don't think it's a meme list. I think it's a playable list. I, I, I don't... I, no? I mean, yeah, it's a playable list, but I feel like it it does well on the play, and it does terrible on the draw. It does, yeah. And that kind of deck, whether it's favoured to win or not, is entirely dependent on the coin flip. Yeah. And I consider that... a janky, meme I'm not sure what the best word is, yeah. but I, I wouldn't consider that an actually strong deck. Okay. Based on that. Like, other, a strong deck, Rakdos mid-range, which is, we've seen pop up lately, mm-hmm. um, and some other gold span lists, like the Gruel gold span. Um, that's what you've been playing. Mm. Um, Have you been playing? No, that's no. just the playing that. Sorry. I've I just finished Colour Challenges on Arena. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Nye Adventures list as well. Whether they're on the play or the draw, they still can piece together a win. Mm. Whereas I, th- I think that the variance between uh, the variance of success between on the play and on the draw for the Is It Goldspan list is just too high. Uh, mm. And so I don't think it's actually a, a tier one deck by any stretch. I don't think it's even a tier two deck. Damn. I think it's, it's like it's like it's just so so dependent on the coin flip. I, I guess so. Yeah. Like I think, I, th- I think it's 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 the the meta game at the moment. I think is to answer being able to answer is it effectively. It, mm-hmm. that, that might not be for a long time, but I do think if you don't have if you don't build your decks around or if you don't build your sideboard around is it, yeah, you can get punished quite easily. Yes, I agree. I do agree, and I th- I think that the is it list stomps on Yorian lists as well and heavy control lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, standard is is fun at the moment. It is I think especially because it's brand new sort of fresh decks I think you can quite easily get into it mm. you don't have to like if you were to get into standard like two weeks ago someone would be introducing like alright you have to play rogues because that's the only good deck right now you have to play mono green food because you can't play anything else and that yeah. was true you couldn't really play anything else in standard without just getting crushed I think right now you can play a you know a picky list and one with not too many rare wild cards and do okay mm-hmm. it's workable do you know what I do find uh interesting about standard mm-hmm. is the uh there are quite a few monocolor lists that are strong right now mm-hmm. uh you've got mono green food or stompy mono red is always strong mono white's really good right now mm. um but you would think that they'd be easier to craft on wild cards and yeah. y- you would be so wrong you would be so yeah. wrong the mono white list uses has like 24 rares yeah, it's it's because I mean monocolored lists are generally better because wizards won't print good lands <laughs> in standard. <laughs> they won't print good dual lands since since the shock lands. Um, in my personal opinion, I mean the pathways are good, but I just think having the option of being able to tap for one or the other color mm-hmm. is so much more helpful. Yeah, I agree. The shock lands are like primo dual lands. Yeah, 
Uh, I really like the pathways, though. I think the pathways were a yeah, really they, good. Yeah, they work print. right now, and especially with Fable Passage, I think you can easily you can still easily run a three color deck, mm -hmm. but it's just it's just nicer, isn't it? Hi guys, it's Josh. I'm currently editing this episode, and we've lost a chunk of the audio. So enjoy this entirely organic and completely natural segue into talking about EDH house rules. Speaking of house rules, actually, mm -hmm. we talked about this this week, and I'd like the opinions of anybody who's listening. Uh, we talked about setting up a house rule so that guild gates come in untapped. Mm. And the reason for that is that it levels up everybody's decks, makes them more consistent and more powerful. You're less likely to get mana screwed. Um, and it does so in an even way without overpowering decks. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think of house rules like that and, uh, and of the, the Guild Gates rule? Well, I'm all for the Guild Gates rule because I do think lands is one of the most annoying mechanics in Magic. Like, uh, simply put, I just think... I mean, I say that and I have a landfall deck, but, um, <laughs> but like, I, I, no, I just think that the mechanic of like mana and lands is, it's, it's just so annoying sometimes. I never think, hmm, I like this game because I drew lands. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, it's like the basic. I mean? It's just yeah. meant to, it's just meant to happen. And then when you don't do it, it's just, well, I didn't have fun. Yeah. Boring game. Yeah, exactly. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah, with your four lands. Yeah. You didn't even... No, no, I drew, I had three. I yeah. drew one the entire game. Yeah, we got to the point where we let Sarah search oh, up yeah. a blood correct. Did I even draw? Did I, I even draw anything? I no, I think I had three of my three swamps in my starting hand, yeah. and then you guys let me find a blood correct. Yeah, it got to the point where it was like turn seven, and she was still on her three mountains, uh, th three swamps, and it's like, Sarah, just, just find the blood just correct. Find the blood <laughs> uh, she chucked it down, did not help. No, it didn't. <laughs> and I took the two life, so it came in untapped as well, because I thought that makes it slightly fair, and it literally did nothing. No. That was funny. Sometimes. Well, this is another thing that I wanted to talk about. We played one game. Uh, so it was a five player game and you expect that to take a little longer. But I think that that one game was over two hours. We do have one person that's remote though. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Which does add a bit Which of time. also does make it a little yeah. longer. Uh, but we played one game, and in that game, so it was our entire evening, because it was a couple of hours of playing Magic. Yeah. Um, and Sarah effectively wasn't able to play yeah. the entire evening yeah. because you're a mana screw. And I think that the solution to that, uh, to save on having to just let people search up blood crypts or, or, or whatever, which is an option, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that the guild gate rule would help with that. It would help avoid somebody mm -hmm. just being mana screwed for the whole night. Uh, but I think that the other solution is to actually just play two games in one night. Mm -hmm. You're much less likely to end up in a really bad situation where somebody has no fun the entire night. Um, how do we get there though? Because this is something how do we get there? That's, we've that's said what for I was a while. Ask. Uh, how do we speed up our play and why is it so slow? We mm. need to not be nice. That is one thing that I think we've started to realise. <laughs> mm -hmm. We need to just get people out. Yeah. yeah. We need to we kind of need to punish people. Like, like as, as, as awful as this sound, I think it would have been better if we all jumped on the fact that Sarah didn't yeah, play anything. Yeah, I was just going to say and that. And then if we got her got out quicker, out. then we could have got each other out quicker, I think, yeah. and ended yeah. the game faster that way. Judging by how many turns we ended up taking and how long it took, I think it probably took about 10-15 minutes per turn cycle. Mm. So if we'd have just all jumped on Sarah, knocked her out, that would have saved us two or three minutes mm. per turn cycle. Yeah which would have been probably about 20-25 minutes overall. And then that in combination with a couple of other tactics to speed things up... Could have been um, another game. We could have squeezed yeah. another game, and then 
it would have been more fun for everybody at yeah. the table. I, think. I agree. Yeah, it was. It's unfortunate that we. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I think we just need to. Well, what do you guys think? Yeah, Maybe it's... you could tweet us. Tell us. Yeah. How do we play faster? Tell How us. do we play faster magic? <laughs> and also, what? So we play four slash five. Player commander games. Yeah. If you guys play a similar thing, how long do they take? I'd be interested to know. Yeah, yeah, I would actually as well. So um, we've looked into this. A we little have a little bit. bit yeah. Anecdotally, what we've seen on Reddit and in a couple of other podcasts is that typically a game of commander takes an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. uh, and that's four players. So with the extra player, I would say hour thirty is around the. Uh, the approximate mark. So we take a lot longer than that. Yeah, we're like a little bit over two hours, but to the point that when we're done, nobody wants to play a second game. Yeah. Whereas mm. we could play for a little bit longer, three hours, and take play two games, yeah. and it'd be so much better. It'd be I think. a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and so, yes, not being nice is one way to speed up games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that our decks are of low power level. Uh, I don't think that's the no, case. No, I don't think so. You know, I don't, I don't think it's it's that at all. So what else is there? What else can we do to try and speed up games? Well, I think I think there is an element of everybody just making a concerted effort to think about their turns in, yeah. in, ahead of time yeah. and play out their turns quickly. But that is... How do you enforce that? How do you, how do you get people to do that? How, how much can you think, though, when there's four other people that are going to go before you go again? How much can you plan? Because the state of the board could change entirely by the time it gets back to your turn. Okay, well, that's that's interesting that you say that. Because I plan my turns... I, I think I plan to the fullest extent. I'm a better magic player than both <laughs> of you. Well, guys, me, the best magic player here, would like to say. I, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but I do, I plan my turns. Whenever, when I do play Commander, even, even like... Uh, I, so I plan my turns ahead of time, and I decide what's going to happen if I draw land, basically. Mm-hmm. I decide exactly what I'm going to do if I draw something that isn't a spell. And the only reason that that plan would change is if I draw something that isn't, that is better. another spell yeah. that I might want to play instead. That might yeah. t- ch- cause me to rethink my turn, but that doesn't happen every single turn. And so that's basically what I do. Okay. Uh, as soon as I've had my turn, I decide what I'm going to be doing next. Sometimes there's conditions. Sometimes it's like, well, if I have to block with this creature and trade it off, then I'll do this. If it survives till next turn, then I'll do this. And that's really the limit that I plan. But that is enough, and then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll make a plan like, if I draw a land next turn, my current plan is to is this play, and that will only change if the situation changes. If, say, somebody board wipes, mm. or somebody makes me discard my hand, or I draw a spell that I'd rather play, that will cause me to rethink my turn. But otherwise, I do plan ahead. I do plan my whole turn before I do. I mean, it. I think I I do naturally as well. Like I naturally think like, what can I do next turn? Blah blah blah. But like. Yeah, it, I, th- I think another thing to note for that game specifically that we played was that it was a deck shake-up and that everyone was playing. You were learning other We were learning decks, new yeah. decks and sort of read. We had to kind of read every card, right? Yeah. Um, which once you know, once you get familiar with your own deck, you don't have to do as much. Um, but yeah, I th- that's one thing to consider as well. And like, I I also think we have. Like, I can't remember the last time we played a game that should have been faster if that makes sense like a four-player game where we've all been playing our own decks i think the last time i remember doing that i don't think it actually did take that long 
I think we remember last time we did that, we was uh, it was a game where we were like, oh yeah, that was that was like an hour and a half or something. That was decent. Um, I don't know. What do you guys? I think remember? it's the way we play. Like I think it is the main thing. I think would be targeting people more heavily. Yeah. But yeah. I think we all just kind of. I think we think, oh, let's not get someone out so they don't spend the whole time just sat there doing nothing. So we'll spread the damage or we'll yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, we do. But then you end up, even in that game, if I wasn't mana screwed and I actually got to do stuff, it still mm. would have, I don't think it would have been that much shorter. If and we, we still, just, yeah, yeah, we still would have only played one game. I think if someone is weakness on the board, or the strongest person, and then we think, right, maybe we want to get him out. But either way, we should target that should person. Target yeah. Rather than, and I'm guilty of it, I'll be like, okay, we've got three creatures. I'll swing one at each of you. Mm. Which doesn't make any sense. And I actually think that playing more aggressively and being less nice encourages people to build better yeah. decks. Yeah. So I have one deck, uh, Morif on the Boundless, five color, colorless Eldrazi, which <laughs> sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but. Um, the way that I built that deck, I think, was for it to be effective in our playgroup. In that, it did a whole lot of nothing for about seven turns, mm -hmm. yeah. and then it exploded. Yeah. And the only way that that would be a viable deck was if I was confident that nobody would just predator just, attack yeah. me and while we I was doing nothing. Yeah. And, you, and we didn't because that's how our, our playgroup plays. Yeah. Um, I've since changed that deck to do less of that, to have more turns, more options, and to play more like a normal magic deck. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that if we aren't as nice to people, and we jump on people, and just knock them out of the game as soon as possible, that causes them, that, or that forces them to address their deck's weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And that leads to, eventually, games where that doesn't happen. Where people aren't just, you know, sometimes you inevitably get mana screwed, but if the deck's weaknesses are shored up, if people know what hands to keep and not keep. So, Sarah, you kept a, a hand with three swamps. Mm -hmm. And you got punished for it that whole game. I did, but I had every card in my hand. I know it was a black-red deck, but all the cards in my hand were black. Mm. So I could play, I think, three of the cards in my hand, and then I just didn't draw any more mana yeah. and yeah. didn't. But then if we had, in that game, all of us realised that Sarah was missing land drops and had barely developed her board yeah. and we jumped on that and knocked her out then the lesson that Sarah takes away from that is okay shouldn't have kept that hand yeah mm. um, every spell that I drew was basically not a spell because yeah. I didn't cast it and so uh, that's you know you take that lesson away maybe you look at your land base maybe you don't but even if you didn't you've learned a lesson and so that in the next game you know you don't keep that hand and that you know, over the long term, as our playgroup continues to play, reduces the amount of those games that we have uh, yeah. by by just I, I, jumping. I on. think so yeah. too. Yeah, we we from what we've played, all the all the games that I can remember that have been way too long that we've complained about being too long. I can't actually. I don't think we can, we could, we've improved our play since then. Yeah. Of of, yeah. of actually jumping on someone mm -hmm. and stuff like that or being aggressive. So yeah, I don't know. But um, I think that the other side of it is that we have frequently, or we do frequently play with new players. Mm -hmm. um, and when they are newer to the game, you really, you don't want to just jump on them. Because, so somebody who's experienced at Magic or has been playing for a much longer amount of time, like us, um, will get absolutely stomped on a game. Like mm. they'll just get wiped out. They didn't sound a chance. And we'll step away from that and think, okay, what did we learn? What mistakes did I make? How did my deck perform? What changes can I make 
Mm. What what did I learn from that game? Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who's new to magic isn't going to be able to effectively answer those questions exactly. internally. Yeah. yeah. So it's not it's really not the same for somebody to say, okay, well, you were wiped out on turn four in that game. <laughs> what did you do wrong? Yeah, then <laughs> like, I don't wrong know. With, what's yeah. wrong with you? What's wrong with your deck? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Go on, tell me. Tell me now. <laughs> Write it down. Write it down. Here's a pen. Oh my god, right. why, why can I actually see you doing that to someone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's making me anxious. Yeah. Um, As, like when we started playing Magic, I feel like that's happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so that... <laughs> that uh, yeah, uh, they're not going to have. They're, they're not going to ask those questions themselves. Yeah. It's not going to be constructive for somebody to ask them those questions. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to keep their interest in the game, which you want, especially if it's somebody you've introduced to the game, you want to keep them engaged. You want to keep them interested, mm-hmm. is to help them out that little bit. Yeah. Um. But then you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to know. Uh, so but maybe that's what we do. Maybe uh, we make a real assessment or we assume everybody's good unless we know they're new well i think there's not gonna be maybe we give three games new three games for a grace. while three games grace. yeah well that's the thing we're not I gonna think... have anyone new now for a while are we because yeah. yeah. of the world <laughs> so <laughs> yeah like our player group at the moment i think should be able to play games being ruthless now yeah maddie's um, the newest player and yeah and i she's, think she's getting she's, really good yeah she's yeah. more confident with the deck i mean she's yeah. beating me in one-on-one more times than i'd like to admit yeah. <laughs> um, and i think yeah she's really competent now so yeah mm-hmm yeah, I think we can be a lot more aggressive uh, now. But yeah, when you have a new player, what do you do? Do you just be nice to them until you feel like they're ready? Do you do something like give them a little token, which means that they can revoke this token, cast it like a zero mana spell? <laughs> That's the thing. Like... And they get one turn of of uh, like one turn cycle of everybody leaving them alone. Yeah. No, I don't. It's, I think you have to you have to think of it like if you're playing a game with a new player, you can't expect that game to be like a, a not like a good game, but you know what I mean, like a you can't expect that game to not go really long. Or yeah. like it, you can't expect that game to be a, I'll say it like you can't expect it to be a good game because mm. it's because there's a new player in it. Yeah. There's going to be things that they do that you'll pick up on and and like you ha- you kind of have to change your playstyle to adhere to that. And that makes for... When you start playing, I think it's not... The rest of us aren't playing that game of Magic. We're almost teaching that exactly. person how to play. Which yeah. is fine. Like That's yeah. completely what we should do. But we, yeah, we can't, we can't have high expectations of that game, I think. So how do you... You said there that you have to change your, play of style, your style of play. Uh, how do you? How, how do you practically change your style of play? What it changes do you make? Simply be down to like, oh, I can completely ruin this person's <laughs> board, but this is like their first game. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And that might be your only good play. So you'd be like, well, I guess I'll just. Yeah, because what do you learn from a board wipe? I don't think you learn that. Like, if you wipe someone's you... board. I know, but I think that person will learn more from being able to play that game and interact with everybody mm-hmm. else than they would. Because a board wipe is obviously bad. Like that, yeah. you don't need to learn that. If your board yeah. is gone, that's Cause, bad. Yeah, because they're not going to know to think. Oh, maybe all of my creatures will die, so I'm not going to play them all out. Yeah. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, but you do need to be board wiped. It's it, it's an important lesson so that you learn not to overcommit to your board, or yeah. so that you learn. To yeah, have I don't know if it's the first lesson though. I think that yeah. you play a bit. You almost let them play without. The opposite of what we said we're going to do going forward. You don't target them because a new player will be the weakest in quotation marks yeah. because they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. so you don't target them you let them actually play and figure out their deck and mm-hmm. figure out how it works how long do you do that for i don't know i think it depends on the player i also think yeah i think it depends on the person someone yeah. could play one game 
and be like, yep, I get it, this is great. Yeah, because cool like, imagine the scenario where like you let them play out all their creatures and they end up winning the game. I would then be like, okay, so next time, just so you know, like, yeah. you won that game because... Not, not to like rub it in their face, no, but, but to be like, like, yeah. like the reason you won that game is because you were able to get your creatures out and like you were able mm-hmm. to have a developed board. But in an actual sort of game, like yeah. you you got to be careful about that because you could have that wiped out completely. Yeah. And as, as soon as you started to develop your board, yeah. and as soon as we detected that threat, everybody's going to be digging for their board wipes mm-hmm. to yeah. answer it, and you'll be punished by that pretty hard because you've overcommitted to the board. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing gives them confidence as well though like if you win I do feel like you're right that 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 can diminish their win you know they they can feel really good about winning and they can be like oh right okay yeah so I wouldn't you you guys were going easy on me yeah I wouldn't wouldn't well maybe you don't say oh by the way this is the only way you won but you could say oh just so you know you know when you put all those creatures out this is a thing we could have done. You don't have yeah. to even say you had that in your hand, yeah. but you could say, I have Kai's Wrath, for example. Yeah, like I could have was, wiped your whole board. It, that, that that play was a risky play. Like yeah. You won the game off of it, but it was really high risk. It was really high reward. So yeah, just keep... I mean, that, if that's how you want to play, that's completely fine, because you could just bank on the fact that no one has board wipes, which is yeah. completely viable. Yeah. But it's just... Yeah, that's just a tactic that you'd have to think about yourself yeah. like if you want to play really volatile games. The other way, I think, of doing it is by verbalising these thoughts out loud, these tactics out loud in-game. Mm-hmm. So you could say, as soon as they start to develop their board, you might say out loud, all right, well, uh, this player is really starting to build up some momentum, so I'm going to start digging for a board wipe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try and enable a way to destroy all the creatures on the board yeah. to set them back. Mm-hmm. And just, like, that's when, you know, I, th- I think the idea is that that's the piece of information that they need to think about, about for yeah. to decide yeah. whether what they, they want what do. they want to do. I agree, so that's we a give good that idea. Yeah, because um, that, that starts to make them think it from themselves mm-hmm. in, like, the next few games. Like, oh, so now they could be thinking about board wiping, so I should probably find a way Not, to get around yeah. that or something like that. Yeah. So that's good. That is a good way to root it into mm-hmm. them. I think. It's kind of a step towards... Um, so I think one thing that's good to do when you're a new player is... And I don't, I don't think, I don't know if a lot of people agree with this, but is when you're learning a new deck is to play open-handed, because I think the best way to learn and uh, to learn how to play against the deck is to play that deck. Mm-hmm. So if you play open-handed, um, and you can see what everybody's thinking, what mm-hmm. everybody's got, that lets you or shows you, kind of walks you through what you should be thinking about. What you should like because you should be thinking well this person's in these colors they're playing this kind of deck yeah. what kind of answers might they have so you think kind of threats might they have are you suggesting that like everyone plays with, with their hands open i Maybe. think that's harder in commander i think that would work better in a, in a format like standard where you can expect to see like four of cards yeah Do you know what i mean yeah, i think that's... in commander it's harder because then they'll start thinking there's like, too the, many cards. The one, there's yeah, there's too, too many, many cards. Decks, let alone cards. There's too many decks. Yeah, like, exactly. In standard, what I guess there's maybe yeah. three or four decks that most people play. Yeah, like something the, like the that. Top game, so yeah. if you want to learn standard, which I want to try and do on Arena, I'll get to know what the decks are. There's so many decks in Commander. Just between us, we have what over ten? No, more than that. More I think. than that. Fifteen, th- maybe. It's, be- it's better to instead of, I think, just show people the cards. I think it's just better to teach them fundamentally yeah. what to think like oh this person's got a fair amount of mana open and they haven't played anything or they've got like three mana like that's something you'd want to point out instead yeah. maybe yeah because imagine so maybe we, all maybe of us just announce, with all like, of our cards i'm gonna cast a threat and then i'm gonna play a card advantage engine <laughs> i think that's better <laughs> that would essentially be better yeah because <laughs> if i'm looking at 
three or four other people's hands all open. That's too many cards. I can't yeah, look at all of them. I don't be, know yeah. what they do. I wouldn't even know if you guys all played open-handed what mm. all of your cards did or yeah. what to target or what I should watch out for. So somebody who's been playing for like a matter of weeks is not going to have any idea. Yeah. I think you explain your plays as you're doing them mm-hmm. and maybe say to that person if they play out something go oh just with that by the way there's a chance someone could board wipe or there's a chance like you mm. let them know what could be a weakness yeah. to their play like commander is way too there's just so much how yeah. do you guys think that you should handle questions that they have about what they should do so let's say there's a new player at the table and they say to the table what's the best creature on the board because I can kill it mm. um how do you answer that question? Do you? Do I think you, it has like, to be like a group thing, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, because you, you will there will obviously discuss. be biases. Yeah. So you have to think. You have to be like, uh, oh, maybe my creature's the strongest. Maybe my one. What do you guys think? They'd be like, oh yeah, it is. And it's like, okay, well, like you, you kind of have to. Which I think yeah. we've done that. A few we have times. done that. Yeah, I think we I do think that it, pretty well. So if someone has an answer to something, yeah, but they I don't do, know what to answer. I also don't think any of us would be would, would play like, oh no, my creature's not a threat. Like, yeah, I would. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but like in in respect of a new player, mm-hmm. like you don't want them to, you don't want to actually misinform them. So I think that. Nah, I'd still. Want to. <laughs> no, no, no. This five-five nah, infect with trample. There's nothing Look, wrong with you're it. You're new to the game. Let me help you out. <laughs> you don't want to bother. You don't want to bother with my well, side of the yeah. board. That was my tactic when I was new, and it worked for ages. Where I used to get everyone just to target Josh, <laughs> and it really did yeah, work. It did, it did yeah, work. Did maybe really salty. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that what you want to do with a new player in that scenario is, um, you want to help them with their assessment but not actually answer the question for them. So mm-hmm. if they say, what creature should I kill? I think that the limit that you should say as an experienced player is, okay, well, this creature is the biggest threat on the board. However, this creature is someone's commander. And if you kill that, they, they can replay it for really cheap. Mm. Uh, so it is a huge threat, but they can bring it's it back. Yeah. Um, this creature over here enables Sarah's whole deck. And so, so don't kill it. If you, ta- <laughs> if you target that, it will have a bigger impact on Sarah's game plan than getting rid of this huge threat. Mm. Um, and then you leave it there. So you've informed them how you've assessed the board. Mm, but yeah, actually, mm. and so you, don't, you leave out that bit at the end where you say, based on that, I'd kill the biggest threat on the board. I think that's the immediate threat, so you should deal with that. You leave that to their assessment. You just you tell them, them this is the biggest immediate threat to you. This is a really key piece for how Sarah's deck works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is Sam's commander, which is really powerful and you could kill it, but he could just replay it. Mm. Uh, and you leave it there. Yeah. And let them decide. Let them decide from there. You don't say, Yeah, because you know, that's that's not like a magic-based fundamental. That's just a... Well, it is. Well, that's going to be like different a, every it's time. Very, it depends what's on the board. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's how, a fundamental to... thinking process that's not exactly game-based. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a... It, it helps it's them. Reactive, yeah, it helps. It helps them yeah. put uh, assessing cards is really hard. Yeah. So I think you can help them with the assessment, but they Let need to make, make the decision. decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it boils down to. That is what it is. Like the decision making is. is yeah, but if you separate. tell them what to do, they're not learning. I suppose if yeah. you just say all oh, that one. But if you say, yeah. right, this does this, this does this this one is maybe more the threat to you but this is yeah. whatever and then you let them make the decision and even like you know, that. when we have a new player and sometimes when one of us is wiped out then they'll go around and help the new player yeah. uh, when doing that I think what you want to prioritise is you know they ask what should I play 
what, what should I do here? You don't want to uh, just and tell you say, them. well, yeah. this is the best option to develop your board. Mm-hmm. This is the best option to develop your mana. This is the best option to draw you some cards and give you more options for next turn. Um, the board is a threat right now because this person has way more creatures than you. Uh, you know, this is an answer to if, if that person does this. But as, And so help them with their assessment. Help them make that take that extra step to know not just what their cards are doing, but what their cards are achieving. Mm-hmm. And then let them make the decision. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, but, you know, I feel like it's quite easy to sit around a table and talk about what the best thing to do <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, yeah. And then in practice, it goes a little bit different. Because <laughs> I think there is always a little bit of like, well, yeah, my creature's a big threat. But <laughs> S- Sam's is also a big threat. Yeah, because <laughs> I feel like we had this exact scenario not last game but the game before with maddie where she could kill something and i was playing a tractor so i had infect yeah and i think all of us had something that was worth killing and we all just turned on each other yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was great it was a great moment it yeah was a... and then you got salty josh because we killed yours yes was it the thran dynamo I think. Yeah. Artifacts, my yeah. mana. You you guys destroyed like <laughs> yeah. you guys destroyed like six manas worth of artifacts. Yeah. Sarah had infect creatures yeah, out. Did. Yeah. <laughs> and you destroyed my mana artifacts. It is, yeah, it was I was hard. salty about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that that was a good moment. That was um that brought out the political side of Commander, I think. Yeah, which is fun. It is which a lot is of fun. A lot of fun. That's where yes. it gets the most fun. Yeah, but I think it is side. unfair to leverage <laughs> new players to do that. <laughs> well, if all three of us were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, well, we were talking about speeding up Commander games. Mm. Back at the topic at hand. Um, but yeah. It... What do you think about setting timers on turns? I don't know, I feel don't like that like takes that. the fun out of it. I, yeah. I think what would be better is just timing it yeah. and seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Which we kind of can do because we can just look at when we call Jordan and when it ends. So I think that one problem that we have, and, and I noticed this not because I've measured it properly, but because I've kind of been observing it a little bit when we play, but um, every four turns, not every four turns. Uh, every cycle. Every. C- every. Not quite every cycle. What did I? What did I observe? Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> every cycle of turns takes five to ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then in the late game they take even longer. Yeah. Um, in at the start of the game, cycles still take five to ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's and that's be. that's a problem. Yeah, I think the first five turns of the game should take five minutes. Yeah. Tops. Yeah, how no? does everyone playing a land and maybe one person getting lucky and playing a creature or yeah, something take yeah. a ten, long time. five, ten minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And that's something I've observed in our games, that, um, that you know, the first five turns of the game take just as long as turns five to ten. And then turns ten to fifteen take a little longer. And turns fifteen to twenty take twenty minutes a turn. Yeah. Um, and we could cut a lot of time off of our games if we sped it up where it's easy to speed up yeah mm-hmm. you know we don't have to put a timer on turns but the first five turns should be Should've. pretty much instant like we yeah. should just yeah. be we should just be playing and racing to the bit of the game that where we actually want to think yeah because unless someone gets something great really by turn five in commander there's not i don't know like there's could easily not be that much going on mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how is that taking why is it taking half so long an hour yeah. Or whatever? yeah and so 
that's one thing I think we could do to speed up our commander games is it's much easier to speed up the first 10 turns than, than anything after that. So yeah. speed up the first 10 turns. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't want it to be where people feel like they can't have the time to think about their turn because they're so worried about because being on the clock. The time pressure, yeah. But if you're literally playing a land and passing or maybe playing a like, mana rock, that, that there's nothing to think about. Yeah. So yeah. how does that take any time? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I mean, the best we can do is is come up with something and then just report on it next week. Yeah. Like, for the next episode, we can even report for yeah, the next we'll game that we Yeah, we'll see how Friday's game goes. See how Friday's this Friday goes. We can I think of something. That, I think that turn planning comes into it as well. Like, mm. yes, um, it can be hard to plan your turn, especially when you've got four players, uh, and especially on say turn 10, turn 11, when so much can happen mm -hmm. yeah. each cycle. But the first five turns of the game, I think that you can plan your next turn and you have so few options that very yeah, little is going to change. So yeah, so, so you sh it, it, I think then it's your responsibility as a player to plan your turn. Okay. You know, if I draw a line, I'm going to do this. If I, if I don't, then I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really all the planning you have to do. Maybe like you're playing a storm deck uh, and or a landfall deck and you've got like 20, 25 mana to play with, <laughs> then yeah, you go, you know, you, you can't plan what you're gonna do. It really depends on, on how the turn cycle goes, but you don't need to worry about that for the first few turns of the game. And so why, yeah, yeah I think that you there you have a responsibility to plan your turn out and play out as quickly as possible for the sake of the game and by extension, the sake of the evening. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, if we're, if we're doing the Gilgate house rule, is there any other house rule we could come up with that could help? Yeah, I told you. Game? Sarah wins every time. Sarah wins every time. It would be really quick. That would be, yeah. Because I think, I remember, I didn't actually look into this, but I saw uh, someone tweeted about how they play landless EDH. Uh, mm. And it's not like Omniscience where you can just play spells for free. I think it's similar to like, I don't like know if you've ever played Le Legends of Runeterra or Hearthstone, where you get like one mana each turn yeah. and it builds up over time. Um, I don't know how that would okay. work with... with yeah, so no matter what happens, yeah. you are getting one per turn. How about But then what about, I was going to say, yeah. That's like, the thing, because I, I don't I don't know how landless works. I don't know if it's, what if we did like a house rule where you play a land and once, you've, once you can't play a land, you just fetch a land or something? But then that would make landfall really broken, I suppose. Mm. Guaranteed land drops every yeah, the, turn. Uh, yeah. Considering we have landfall decks, I yeah. don't think we can do anything with land. No. Like, I think that could totally work as a rule, but Maybe not like, with the decks and then that what we you have. Would, what you would do if you were building a landless deck then is play an EDH deck with 15 lands in it. Yeah. If that's all you need. Yeah. Um, 85 different spells. And then you're, you know, you're guaranteed. So then you have a huge advantage. You have access to so many more yeah. spells. Um, well, no, you I'm, could do I'm it. I'm sure there's some kind of rule set that works. So, uh, maybe that's yeah, worth looking into. I, I need to look into it. It's mm. from a um, content creator called Noxious. Um, mm. He does a podcast and stuff as well. Uh, yeah, I saw him tweet about it. I didn't actually look into what the rules were, but land and CDH, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Um, yeah, okay. Maybe we'll give that a go, yeah. and then we can talk about it. So there is... One other thing that happened this week in the world of magic, the Euroban. Oh gosh, yeah. The the, the weirdest ban announcement that I yeah, think I, I've, we've ever seen. So it's not it's not happened yet. They haven't actually released an announcement yet, have yeah. they? But they said we're gonna release an announcement where we ban Euro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's basically what they did. And so it's like Sarah, okay. as somebody who doesn't 
uh, or who hasn't played much competitive magic. Uh, have you heard about this news? I have, and I don't really, I've heard of Uro, but I can tell you what it does. But I did hear that, and I thought it was weird that they were announcing that they were going to announce they were banning. Yeah, <laughs> so because the, the announcement, are they planning on banning anything else? Or is it um, literally just, we're going to announce? Wasn't it, isn't, and I might be wrong, but isn't it because they're going to release something and they didn't want people, I yeah, read the something, secret lair. Yeah, the so secret lair. They're releasing a secret lair. And in that secret lair, they are releasing an alternate art version of Uro. Yeah. Um, and so they've put a disclaimer underneath the, the picture of what that's going to look like in the secret lair announcement that says something along the lines of, you know, buyer beware, we're planning on banning Uro. Yeah, which in... is, I think is actually a good reform business because they, yeah, have, they have in the past not... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> because they have in the past, sort of, like with the Walking Dead secret letter, mm-hmm. that was. I think ridiculous. that's why they've done it. Because I think that, yeah, because of all the so backlash. Hate from the Walking Dead one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's really odd. The the whole scenario, mm-hmm. it was, um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of loathe to call it a class act announcing yeah. that they're. I don't, yeah. But it's not a scummy act yeah. to announce Thanks it. Thanks for like not this. being scumbags. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate that. Thanks for doing the bare minimum. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for for achieving the bare minimum of ethical business practice. Um, (laughs) So, that aside, the weird announcement aside, Mm. the Uro ban. So, I think Uro is going to be banned in Modern um, and possibly Legacy. Is it planned to be banned in Historic as well? And Historic? Yeah, because it's banned in Standard. Yeah, already banned in Standard. Yeah. been banned and then yeah how unbelievably ridiculous that we had two sets in a row Eldraine and Theros which gave us one blue green mythics (laughs) which both needed to be banned in basically every format yeah because of how powerful they were what what kind of play design is that? What kind of play design is yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I don't really get banning. I I find it odd that you create things and then you ban them. Yeah, I know there's I know there's way more to it, and people don't always know how things are going to play together. But I find it really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they make it and then that they, go, they make it. They play actually, test it. Nah, yeah, how do they play test it? The people that make it, people that know magic, mm-hmm. way more than anybody, miss what then appears to be really obvious ways cards can be broken. So I read up a little bit about how they do this this week. How they how they plan for the future, and I read that one of the f- uh, biggest changes that, that they made following. Uh, so hold on, let me let me backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. I read a Reddit post recently, a really long post, but it was really really interesting about Urza Saga and the, this huge play design cock up. Um, Can we say that? Yeah, don't say cock up. We get what? Do we get one word? An episode, yeah. and then it's explicit. Okay. I think called it. Called I'm calling it. cock up. I've done it twice. Oh, done it twice now. <laughs> I can't remember all the details. Uh, it really is worth a read, though. In fact, we'll tweet it so that you guys uh, can read it if you want to. Mm-hmm. At Top Insight. At Top Dick Insight. <laughs> um, what happened with Urza Saga was it it caused such a huge imbalance in play design that the play design team were then called in. Uh, and lambasted for <laughs> this ridiculous, ridiculous power set. And they, you know, that's where play design really started to take power levels really seriously. Mm. And they created the Future League, which is um, a sort of Wizards of the Coast internal league 
where they play with cards which they've planned years and years ahead. So it's kind of magic six years from now. Um, and they play with these cards to see what the, what magic's going to be like in the future to ensure, and, and they do so, I think, in a competitive sort of setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To ensure that we never end up with a debacle like Urza Saga again. Um, and I think since then, they've established a future future league so they can reach even further in the future. <laughs> oh right. um, but this really makes me think, one, with the existence of Future League, how do you end up with cards, like format warping cards, like <laughs> Oka and Uro? And two, six years ago, when they were playing Future League, they were playing Standard in Future League with a format that had Oko, Uro, <laughs> Fires of Invention, Wilderness Reclamation. Oh, no. <laughs> like, all the banned <laughs> cards in Standard that are uh, Lucky Clover, you know, Omnath, Oh, God. <laughs> what a format! What, did you what a format! <laughs> like, they were playing these cards in Future League and thinking, yeah, this is this is working. Completely this is working. Fine. Yeah. It might have even got to a point where... Like, they cancel each other out. I was going to say, yeah, I was like, about to say, got, said too much. Have, yeah, because they were so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like in Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm pretty sure they had a problem where cards got so powerful that it balanced. <laughs> it balanced itself yeah. because everything was so good. Like, is turn four Great Henge? broken if it just gets turned into an elk <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and so yeah yeah great henge is now one of the most powerful cards in standard um but in the context of the other cards that that it was pitted against the future league maybe that's why maybe that is why they missed it is because the power level was so high mm. but i think it is really I, I would love to know i would love to know what future league yeah. is like <laughs> Uh, I would love to to see what they're playing with. And I would love, like, six years ago, they would have been playing... I, I don't actually know if that's accurate. I feel like I might have just pulled that number yeah, out. Yeah, where have you pulled that from? I, I, I might have read it somewhere. Okay. It, may be, it may be six months. Yeah, it may be one year. No, I have no it's, idea. It's at least it a couple, like a long isn't time. It at least a couple they do, years. They do plan really far ahead. I thought it was, like, two, really I thought ahead. It was two years. Sets are planned two years in advance. But again... That might be right. I, <laughs> I but know. I think you've told me that. And if you've maybe read it somewhere, then that's also maybe not mm. true. So, yeah. I, I'm going to stop saying six years in case it's completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, six sounds like a lot. But, like... Definitely years in advance mm-hmm. that they were playing with the standard that we've got now, but with fires and wilderness wreck and Oko and Ura, and I just, God, that sounds like a good time or yeah, a does. really bad time. I think it's too much. <laughs> it's too much power. I, I, I've like... always wanted to see Wizards put like a mode on Arena, mm-hmm. which is unbanned, and they just <laughs> unbanned. They unbanned things. You do, like you can play from. It's kind of like historic. Yeah, it'd be like historic, but you unban everything. So it's like all the sets that yeah, are on Anything there. goes. And I think it... I mean, it would probably just be really terrible. Yeah, it'd be but... mono-red Oko. <laughs> yeah, it'd be <laughs> mono-red Oko. Or just, deck. It'd just be like a combo deck. It'd probably just... Even like a Neostorm would probably be really good. Mm. Um, but I just want to see what would happen, you know? It's like... Because yeah. when they do the, the, the standard shake-up, which I think is really fun. Because standard shake-up is like the where they ban the potential bannable cards. So they ban things like Showdown of the Scouts, or yeah. they ban things like Love Struck Beast, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not oppressive, but strongest but cards. The strongest cards. Yeah. Oh, and then they ban like the Rogues list. I, those are like really great formats, and, and it makes for really fun. Um, whenever that's yeah. on, I, I advise everyone to give it a go, because it's a lot of fun. In the last standard shake-up, they didn't ban Great Henge, which I find really odd. Yeah. I think Great Henge is, in terms of raw power level, probably the most powerful card in standard. But did they ban the cards that made it good though? That's the thing. Because I'm pretty sure they didn't have Love Struck Beast. Like Mammoth and Love Struck Beast, yeah. yeah. Maybe, I can't remember, but I, f- I did find it odd reading that list. Like, yeah. Okay, 
shake up. But, I mean, this is just going to be Great Hinge, so this is just going to be a Great Hinge format. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually remember what it was. I think I, I, I think cycling was really good, because cycling's mm. lame. Because it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so lame. It's a solid deck that just doesn't quite cut it no, in standard right it's, now. I mean, you, you just... If cycling ever gets good in standard, it's because no one's sideboarding, mm -hmm. and, then, and then it gets good, and then it's just so easy to sideboard yeah. against cycling. You just play, like, the... I don't know, like the, the anti-graveyard stuff sometimes, and yes, it's just hmm. it's, it's simple. So I, I think because that whole story with Urza Saga was a bit off the cuff, I missed a, a whole bunch of details, but mm. maybe we'll do like a story time episode where I, I just tell you guys the story. Yeah, because story time it's, episode. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it's such a fascinating story. It's from like the, the, the history books of magic, uh, and it is... So there's a lot going on with bannings and and power creep and play design right now. This is the biggest play design mishap in Magic's history, and it is really really fascinating. And I think a lot of people who are fairly new to Magic don't know about it. So maybe we will plan that as an episode. Maybe we'll do story, okay, time. story time. So Magic history story time with Josh. We do that. voices. Yep. Then we can all do voices. <laughs> uh, late '90s Magic players. That's, yeah. Those will be my voices. What does that sound like? I'll need to practice. <laughs> Avoid being uh, incredibly offensive. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, yeah so the, the decks that came out around then are still considered some of the most powerful decks of all time ever. Mm. Uh, and so maybe maybe we even play a game. Maybe we proxy a list yeah, <laughs> and see what it plays indeed. like. Yeah. And now it's time to close. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I've been Josh. I've been Sam. And I'm Sarah. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.